Thank you so much for tuning into yet another edition of 10,000 Pitchers presented by our good, good friends over at Stimulus Athletic. There are so many local, national, even worldwide soccer clubs who utilize Stimulus Athletic for their game gear and on and off the field apparel. You just look at the Anguilla national team. You look at local teams like Turbo Sports FC and Vlora, teams nationwide like Tulsa Athletic. They all trust Stimulus Athletic to outfit them, and you should too. That is the exact reason why you should, because so many other great clubs do. Go to StimulusAthletic.com, and you just click that Get Started button, and you kind of fill out a form. If you have a design already, you just kind of want Stimulus Athletic to do it, by all means, go for it. If you don't have a design, they have a pretty great design team. The, if you look at the 10K kit, what we dropped last summer, that was done by Stimulus's design team, and everybody I know loves the 10K kit. So um, go to StimulusAthletic.com, click that Get Started button, and let Stimulus Athletic outfit your club with quality game gear and apparel at affordable prices. That consultation is free. It's free to just talk to them. So make sure you do that. Stimulusathletic.com. Click that Get Started button. And don't forget to let them know that Jeremy from 10,000 Pitches sent you. Here we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome in to another edition of 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer and beyond, as always, presented by our good friends over at Stimulus Athletic. Thank you so much for tuning in. Episode 56 of the cast. As that number gets larger, I just get more and more baffled that we've come this far. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do. Also, please leave us a rating and review if you have uh, an Apple device, specifically on Apple Podcasts. That's huge for us. You can also follow us Instagram, Twitter, on and Facebook at 10K Pitches. Um, and if you're just checking us out for the first time or you haven't tuned in in a while, check out recent episodes. If you're looking at the feed, you see a lot of post loons recently uh, following uh, Minnesota United matches. Um, those are great live streams. Love doing those, but we also put those in the podcast feed. So if you're a Minnesota United fan, feel free to check those out. Um, also the last episode of 10 K was actually two weeks back and, uh, we had Mankato United GM, Rustin Ludkey and forward Dakota Wendell on the show to talk about, uh, the WPSL season and everything going on with Mankato United. So very, very great conversation there to look back on. Took the week off last week, but we are back with a great interview uh, reoccurring guests now on the show, Wapassel and Hayward Wolfpack president Caden Bergman joins us for the second time. So very pleased to talk to him or very excited for you to hear my conversation with him. But for now, as always, let's welcome in Chief Good Vibes Officer. I don't know. I feel like we've added a, a few different titles over the time you've been with us, Ethan. But that's always the one that comes to mind. Ethan Brands with us. What's going on, man? What's going on? Uh, it's great to be back. Uh, kind of lost my voice. I don't know if that's coming through uh, yeah we were we were talking on the just before we went live here and your voice wasn't gone and now all of a sudden it sounds like you got like rocks in your throat it, it's the it's the pressure <clears throat> it's the pressure <clears throat> i'm gonna mute i'm gonna mute for a minute all right as ethan mutes and gets some uh water out of his gatorade spray bottle uh let's go ahead and get into the news and notes before we uh and we'll do the do the banter in a little bit um the biggest news off the top here in lower league soccer is obviously Minneapolis City clinching their third straight NPSL North Conference Championship. They are currently unbeaten and untied in the regular season with a plus 34 goal differential. Really sort of uh, you know, uh, putting the icing on the cake there, clinching that championship with a 6-1 win 
on the road at Duluth, who currently sits second in the standings. So that that's kind of the quality that Minneapolis City have shown all uh, all season long. And obviously, third straight conference championship means that they've sort of been the standard, uh, you know, over recent memory in the NPSL North and continue to be so. Yeah. Okay. I'm back. Feeling better. You're back. You sound better. Um, feel better. Uh, yeah. No. You know, impressive stuff by MPLS City. Uh, you know, I was on the wrong end of a couple of those losses. Uh, yeah. Win wins for them. Um, yeah. You know, really impressive. And uh, I think uh, them going into the playoffs is going to be fun. And kind of like, oh, we get, never mind. Never mind. I was going to say MPLS City too, but we, we will cover them later. We'll get to them, but yeah, Minneapolis City clinching that conference championship, so they're obviously the favorites coming into the playoffs. They've been number one in the nationwide power rankings in the NPSL the entire season, and you can see why with the results that they've put up so far in the NPSL North. Um, moving down, though, in that second spot is Duluth FC, and they have been, e- not I wouldn't say equally as impressive, but they've been impressive in their own right as Sydney Warden. That's a name that we have said on this podcast multiple times. If you're in lower league Twitter here in Minnesota, you've seen that name come across. Very familiar with him. Scored twice once again. This man puts up brace after brace after brace. Um, scores two more in a 6-0 win over El Sierras over the weekend. His 13th and 14th of the season. And that actually breaks Duluth single season scoring record previously held by Kyle Farrar. And Warden is now five goals behind Farrar's career goal scoring record of 19 so he could with a strong finish break the career goal scoring record for Duluth FC in one season that is how impressive he has been so far yeah it he he's crazy um it's a good feeling you know like uh being on being on the being on the losing end of that 6-0 loss getting back at four uh you know for it or like 3 a.m going to bed, waking up, and just being able to talk about it. That's a great feeling. <laughs> um, hey, we get it done and out of the way, then you don't have to think about it ever again. Yeah, definitely. Um, but no, yeah, Cindy's he, – he's crazy. Um, he had uh, – yeah, I, I don't remember his second goal. I remember his first one. I was right there. Um, even he said – like, he, like they, they got a cross in – or no, it was a corner – uh, and it kind of went long, and someone like got something on it, sent it back in the box, and it just it just hit his chest. Like he wasn't ready for it, just hit his chest, turned, sent it in. Even he said like he didn't really like he he had like it, it just hit him. Like he didn't really yeah. d- do much, but but no, he I don't. And then I don't remember his second one, but um, uh, but uh, but no, yeah, he's been impressive. Definitely, definitely. Uh, and then Med City tops Joy Athletic 1-0 to keep a level with Duluth on points for second. The Blue-Greens do hold goal differential tiebreaker there. Um, kind of a struggle here down the stretch for Joy. And their four spot in the North Conference is in jeopardy uh, as Duluth, Dakota Fusion come up with a big 3-1 road win in Sioux Falls. Dakota had a uh, really, really uh, disappointing start to their standard to this season. But they have sort of crawled back. They've put together quite a few results over the last couple weeks. And now they sit just two points back of joy for the four spot in the NPSL North. For all their struggles early on in the season, Dakota has found themselves in a favorable position to potentially uh, sneak their way into the conference playoffs. Pretty crazy to think about. 
Yeah, de- definitely uh, cool that Dakota, you know, was it, just stuck with it um, through the season. Now they're, you know, kind of seeing the results there a little bit. Um, I, I thought when we played them, like, I thought most notably about them is, like, they just, they pressed really well as a team. Like, you know, they mm-hmm. were all able to stay in formation, kind of go together, and they knew when they were going to go. Um, and, and, and you know, uh, sometimes that takes time, you know, to figure out, and it seems like they kind of figured it out. Definitely, definitely coming together at the right time. Definitely our Dakota Fusion on the other side. Um, after a strong start, Joy Athletics starting to falter a little bit, um, resultless uh, or, or winless, I should say, um, over the last uh, recent stretch here. So we'll see if they can turn it around and hold on to that four spot and what happens there in that playoff conversation. Because one, two, and three are pretty set at this point with Minneapolis City obviously clinching the title, uh, Duluth FC and Med City. One of them is going to finish two, one of them is going to finish three. Um, so the four spot is really that conversation and something to look out for um, as we look at the NPSL North. Uh, but moving on to the UPSL in that Midwest Conference West Division, it is a clean sweep for Minneapolis City too. Obviously recently winning the regular season title unbeaten in that regular season. Well, they put it together in the conference playoffs as well. Granite City gave them a hell of a game in the conference playoff final, taking them to extra time. But the Rookery come up with two goals in the uh, extra 30 minutes of play and top Granite City 3-1 to one to add another trophy to their case with that conference playoff championship. Um, unbeaten, like I said, over the regular season and the division playoffs. Very, very impressive. In their inaugural season in the UPSL, Minneapolis City 2 unbeaten coming away with that, uh, coming away with that co- conference championship both in the regular season and in the playoffs. It's insane. Um, And then, uh, so now they advance to the round of 16 in the UPSL National Tournament. So it's a little bit weird how the National Tournament, the UPSL sort of laid itself out and there wasn't a ton of details in the initial release. But basically that conference playoff final served as the round of 32 in the National Tournament bracket. So now they're moving on to the round of 16. They will play either Iowa Raptors or uh, I believe Detroit United is their name. Let me see if I get this right. It's in the notes here somewhere. It's not where I am. Let's see. Uh, Detroit United. Yeah, Iowa Raptors and Detroit United play this weekend. And uh, Minneapolis City, too, will get the winner of that in the round of 16. Presumably, that will be sometime the weekend of the 17th. That match will take place. Uh, um, yeah, that that's weird how they, like, labeled that. But um, I the Iowa Raptors... Um, we uh we follow them on Instagram here at 10k uh just because they they got a great logo. It looks a lot like the Toronto Raptors logo. It is. Solid solid social presence all around. Oh remember. yeah, no, they they're pretty good all around. I just uh I just enjoyed that like how on the nose with the like the old Toronto Raptors logo they were. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um but it does suck that like you uh yeah, it's blue though. It's blue. I'm looking at it now. It's like yeah. kind of the old Raptors logo, but it's blue, mm-hmm. um, not red. Anyways, it does suck though that like you you're you're that good at soccer, <clears throat> where you you make it to the round of sixteen, and like at best you're going to Iowa, like you're not going to like 
like yeah. Tennessee. I mean, that'll happen more in like the quarterfinals, semifinals, where you're going to do that travel. I mean, they obviously try to keep it as regional as possible up till a certain point to limit that travel because you know teams are strapped for strapped for cash and funds to be able to travel and do those sort of things. But yeah, that's sort of the perk of getting this far is you hope to you know maybe to get a chance to travel and you know stay in a hotel and kind of feel like feel like one of the pros, I guess. Uh, but with another win for for uh, Minneapolis City too, they may be able to do just that in the quarterfinals. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, I guess like that makes sense. It it is expensive, but like you know, at some point, like you're just looking to go to Florida to play a game, but you <laughs> you don't want to go to Iowa. Like you Fair know, enough. you know what's in Iowa, but yeah, you don't, but Florida. Um, so hopefully well, they make it to Florida. Well, one more win, and we'll see or, what happens. Or like, I don't know. Tennessee. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the let's move over to the women's side now. Uh, the WPSL uh, coming up down the stretch. A couple teams have already played their full eight match slates, but there are a couple weeks left in the season as a whole. Uh, Minnesota Thunder, in all likelihood, will win the WPSL Northern Conference this season. They're three points ahead of ahead of Maplebrook Fury in the standings. Um, like we said, the Thunder are done. Uh, Maplebrook do have one game left, so they could get level on points with the thunder on the ta- at the table, but the thunder do have a seven goal differential advantage uh, there at the top. So um, in the final game of the season for Maple Brook, they would have to beat fire SC 98 by seven goals to pull, uh, to pull even there at the top officially with all the tiebreakers uh, factored in there. So um, I guess early congratulations to Minnesota thunder on their uh, WPSL title uh, conference title. Uh, very, very cool. And an abbreviated season in a weird season, uh, you know, no, uh, I, I don't believe there's going to be any sort of like national postseason participation from anybody here in the Northern Conference. Um, I do think it just kind of ends there in terms of where the standings end up after all is said and done. So, um, yeah, that's coming up down the stretch. I believe the last game in the conference is July 16th. Um, so. Um, kudos to WPSL for putting together a season the way they have. You had spring seasons in college, and then you have the fall college season coming up. So not a lot of time to put a season together. So they did the best they could. Normally you pay play, I think 12, 13 matches. Like we said, it was an eight game slate this year. So, um, kudos to them for getting a season together and giving these, these girls, uh, you know, a chance to play in the summer to either just, Give, you know, if they're already done with college, just give them a chance to play or give them a chance to get ready for a fall season, whether it's college or or in the pros elsewhere. Let's move on to the MASL in Division One, three horse race there with FC Minnesota on top of the table with 30 points, Cardinals in second with 27, and then Dynamo FC St. Cloud in third with 25. The the thing here though is Dynamo have three games in hand on. FC Minnesota at the top. So they're five points behind, but they really do hold their own destiny in terms of uh, winning the uh, winning the division this year. Um, seven matches to go for uh, Dynamo FC St. Cloud as well. Um, Thursday and Sunday action this weekend in the league. Uh, and then moving over to Wisconsin real quick, Hayward Wolfpack secure a spot in the Wapassal Championship game with a two-to-one win over Poskin Jets. And who they play could be determined this weekend by arguably the biggest game in the regular season in Wapassal this season, Bateau and Lobos. Uh, Lobos won the uh, season opener against the two, and then Bateau was able to get a win in their second match. This is the rubber match between the two teams, but it also could play a huge factor in who the Hayward, who plays Hayward Wolfpack in that Wapassal championship game coming up later on in July. That's going to be at Eau Claire Soccer Park Sunday at 2 p.m. Big one there 
for our friends in Bateau and Lobos. Yeah, uh, huge one. Um, do you know, Jeremy, does, does Sparta have a chance to uh, sneak it in there? They do not. Ah. They do not. No, it's a two-horse race there in the in the other division between Bateau and Lobos. So, yeah. um, we doubleheader uh, coming up this weekend for Spartan, though. Yeah, another another doubleheader. Um, and that is unfortunately due to the fact that FC Minimo were released from the league. Um, evidently, they weren't uh, paying their league dues, uh, which you have to do to a participate in the league, but also you have to like carry a license to you know play uh, in in certain states as well. Wisconsin is one of those states that kind of requires you have to fulfill a certain. Uh, number of obligations in order to remain a team and remain an organization, be able to play. Um, obviously, not paying your league dues is a great way to, uh, you know, not not uh, you know be able to carry that certification anymore and not be able to participate in the league anymore. So um, it's unfortunate that they had to uh, be removed from the league, but uh, that is the reason that uh, continued doubleheaders need to happen in order for all these games to get into a passel the rest of the way. Um, speaking of doubleheaders, uh, la- or I guess like. Two weekends ago now, I uh, I did play uh, the full 180 in you our double header. Yeah, at, at the end, tired though, were you? Yeah, at the end, I uh, I wasn't I was not moving well. You know, I yeah. was I was struggling, but I um uh I was just I was just I was like I was just thinking I was like okay, I can't come out like this. This is going to be great content on the pod. Yeah. Um. Oh, it's always thinking of the pod. I love that. Yeah. I was, I was just, I was, I was, I was, I was just, I was really reeling, you know, searching for energy. And I was like, all right, this one's for the pod. And then 15 more minutes. Uh, but, um, but no, uh, that it was fun. Um, also, uh, since we didn't have a pod last week, couldn't mention this, but as we were leaving, uh, MPS city, Eris, we were leaving, uh, or like the game was over walking out. One of the coaches, uh, from MPS city, I, I don't know. I don't know which one, unfortunately. Uh, he said he was looking forward to uh, to the next episode. Um, well, we made him wait. Absence makes the heart grow fonder, Ethan. We made him sweat it out. So I'm sure he's I, on pins and needles waiting for this one. I was just so caught off guard that, like, uh, I don't, I, don't, I guess I wasn't recognized, or but um, or that was like the first interaction I've had about 10k with like another human being you know who like listened mm-hmm. to the pod uh yeah so so thanks to thanks to mpls city uh coach for for listening yeah they've, they've obviously been huge supporters of us uh you know as have a lot of different clubs and leagues uh so we obviously do do appreciate that uh back to the playing the full 180 in the double header though ethan at what at what point did you start to feel like oh no like I'm, I'm really gassed here. Like I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can see this through. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. The the first game was, was tough, but I, I made it through. Um, but then, but then, like the second game, uh, uh, I don't know. Like towards the end of the second half, I, uh, yeah, I like made a run down the line, and uh, and I, I think I like crossed the ball in and like fell over, and I stood up and tried to like you know run. And I just there there was just, there was nothing there, um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah no that was tough. Uh, but it was fun. It was fun. It was good to be out there. Um, and yeah, well we do it again on Sunday. Something you can tell your kids about one day, Ethan. 
Yeah, yeah, that's definitely going to be on the top of the Dad list. Dad with the full uh, full 180 and a soccer doubleheader. I'm sure they'll be thoroughly impressed. Yeah, I, th- this weekend will be tough. Like, I, I think we're in, like, South Dakota on Saturday for Eris. Okay. So I have no idea when we're getting back. Uh, yeah. But, uh, like, n- today I woke up, like, 45 minutes before we started recording. Hey, so. that's all right. That's all right. I, I most certainly did not. I woke up a good uh, – five and a half hours before we started recording but you know that's because i got um, i got obs obligations things to do <laughs> full-time <laughs> job stuff like yeah, garbage yeah like that. going on here you know i gotta fit this in at my lunch break so um, the, the old yeah. lunch break pod by the way it's back I, this is my favorite this is a favorite time to record the lunch break pod um, it's big it's big it opens yeah. up my evenings which i like what what do you got teed up uh what do you got teed up for lunch today jeremy oh i don't i have no idea i may go out for lunch because i'm not sure what Ooh. we have in the fridge that sounds actually that sounds we have leftover pizza. Okay. So we I'm in pizza last night before the game for the loons game. So uh I'm uh I'm gonna have leftover pizza, which I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, I I love leftover pizza. Um it's huge. I speaking of lunch, I uh I got an air fryer. Okay. Um and I, I've I've had an air or like so at my mom's house we had an air fryer, but love, I now love have our, we love our air fryer. We I love it. it. Oh, air fryers are great. But the worst thing about air fryers was like, I don't know, like what, two years ago, maybe a year ago? No, probably two, three years ago when air fryers were kind of new on the scene. And everyone that had an air fryer, like had to talk about their air fryer. Like, oh, like, you do, do you have an air fryer? Or, oh, you don't have an air fryer? Like, you got to try the air fryer. That made air fryers so much worse than than they are yeah yeah the only the only thing that i don't like about air fryers is the the cleaning process um like so so for example um we love our air fryer but our my fiance wants to use it to cook everything like chicken nuggets for the kids you know like the simplest things like leftovers in the air fryer and i get that the quality is a lot different than an air fryer than when you microwave something but if you put it in the air fryer, then you got to wash everything and like, you know, put it away and like make sure it's ready for next time. And sometimes for like eight chicken nuggets, that's just not worth the time or effort for me. Like just throw it in the microwave for like 90 seconds and you're good to go. Especially because it takes more time in the air fryer too. Like you got to commit like five, six minutes at it's least true. in the air fryer. You can throw, you know, six chicken nuggets in the microwave for a minute and a half and call it good. So that's the only thing, but yeah, we definitely, we use our air fryer time. That, that was like, that was my thing with like the, ov- like using the oven. I, I, I don't cook. I think I've talked about it and I, and I, and I don't know, I don't really know how to be honest, but like, like I, I just microwave like pizza rolls. People like, like people would be like, why, why, like, why don't you just put them in the oven? It's like that, like. Because your pizza roll is only going to be so good, right? Like, yeah, like a pizza roll is not going to be that good. So why commit twenty five minutes to putting it in the oven when I can just get it done in or three like minutes? A, a, a minor quality increase. Yeah, like, but the thing is, like that that increase, like it takes it from like from like a like a four to like a five. And yep. it probably won't be any better than a five because it's an off-brand pizza roll from Aldi that's been in your freezer <laughs> for three months. Like, yeah, it, it's just it's just not it's just not worth it, you know. Agreed. Um, I know, like, I know what I'm getting into. I'm eating a pizza roll. Um, yeah. 
I'm with you. But anyways, I'm glad I'm glad we're on the same page when it comes to when to use the air fryer and when to use the microwave. Yeah, now now that I have an air fryer, like that that whole uh, that whole you know mental rationing really changes because now it's not you know 25 minutes in the oven; it's six minutes in the air fryer, but it's only one minute in the microwave. So you know the the cost or the the balance the gives and bounds. I don't know. The, takes and balance cost benefit analysis cost benefit analysis there you go that uh that that's gonna take some extra thought now exactly i'm pretty sure i used that term exactly when talking to my fiance about this one time because she like wanted to like put a chicken nuggets in the air fryer i'm like okay let's run a cost benefit analysis on this like the kids don't care first of all for the kids they're two and five they're not going to know the difference on whether this was cooked in the air fryer or the microwave because they're going to dip it in ketchup anyways. So it really doesn't matter. Um, so anyways, that's, that's kind of where I was. But anyways. That's another key part of that analysis is will you be using condiments? Yeah. Because like if you're just eating a bite, if you're going to go into this, uh, uh, you know, chicken nugget just as the chicken nugget, then yeah, maybe maybe you want to air fry it. But like, if you're gonna if you're gonna dunk that thing in half a bottle of ketchup, then yeah, maybe you can get away with the, the old nuker. Uh, but um, yeah, that's uh, but all that to say, I don't know what I'm gonna eat for lunch, but it's probably gonna be something good. It's probably <laughs> something healthy. You know, you're a young twenty something who's living on his own. Uh, so. Speaking of which, uh, Duluth after the game, they gave they uh, they had burgers for us. Oh, nice! Uh, really good burgers, great burgers from Duluth. Nice. Uh, did they like grill them themselves, or did they order from like a restaurant? I so they had like a food truck for the game, so I think okay. it was from there. Okay, um, solid. Joy gave us uh, gave us burritos after the game. Those were very good. Uh, nice. And then and then pizzas kind of. I think we got pizza everywhere else. Um, and I'm not I'm not here to complain about pizza. No. But you know, it it, it, it the burgers were good. Good. Um, I'm I'm glad that like the you know, sometimes the opposing teams do that for the visitors. That's cool. I I won't comment on Eris's uh feeding or not feeding of reciprocation our of that. Yeah, we I I I'm not gonna comment. Um but uh yeah. st- and then on our way home we stopped at the old KT uh and Court, oh, speaking of, speaking of which, I'll do my live scratch off right now. I saved it for the pod. Oh, okay, let's do it. Here we go. So the Mountain Dew scratch off to win the Corvette or other grand prizes. I have 193 entries as it currently sits. So, Jeremy, here we go. Uh, you, you, oh, you can see it, right? Fingers crossed. Keep my finger. I can see it. Nobody on the pod can see it, but I can see it. Oh, oh. Fingers crossed. Extra visits, baby. I, I, got, I got one extra visit which means I am now one extra visit closer to getting five cents off per gallon. Wow. Actually, so, five cents off per gallon. That's, that's pretty decent. I think every 15 visits, you get five cents off per gallon. Oh, nice. Do, do you know what's crazy? So gas here, it's like, I don't know, like 303 a gallon. In Duluth, it was still like 292. Yeah, it's like flirting between like 289 and 299 here oh i don't think i've seen it above three dollars here oh it's like it's above three dollars here really huh i the more i 
it, it was great being back in Duluth, you know, back in the yeah. old uh, the old stomping grounds. Yeah, I wanted to take the whole team to my dorm and be like, guys, this is where it all started, right here. <laughs> but um, didn't have time, unfortunately. Where um, where aren't your old stopping grounds these days? You've been just about everywhere. Yeah, but like you know, like I feel like all transfer students uh, can speak similarly about this. Like your freshman college hits a little different, you know. Yeah. That, 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 that those butterflies your first time you're going there it it, yeah. it hits a little different um, yeah. brings me back brings but, me back but you didn't tra- you didn't transfer right i didn't transfer no i stayed all four years so then but then that that's still that then that whole experience is all in one and i'm sure yeah. you know but but when you do transfer you know that freshman year or college kind of hits a little different um i resisted that like freshman first semester temptation to be like oh i hate this i'm gonna transfer i haven't made any friends in in three weeks i'm gonna transfer you know i resisted resisted that and i'm glad i did because oh yeah definitely definitely. all right well uh we just talked about what before going off on that tangent uh and uh we are uh, i'm really excited to uh talk to uh their president and also president of hayward wolfpack in Wapassel. Uh Caden Bergman on the Hayward Wolfpack rebrand, everything going on in the league, a lot of storylines in the league this season, obviously, with the race at the top, a couple of teams having to pull out of the league for various reasons, um, and a couple newcomers in the league as well. So I'm um, very excited to talk all that. So let's get to that right now. My interview with Wapassel and Hayward Wolfpack president, Caden Bergman. Ethan and I will be back on the other side. Now joining the show, a great friend of the podcast and officially a reoccurring guest on 10,000 Pitches. We're proud to welcome back president of both Hayward Wolfpack and the Wisconsin Primary Amateur Soccer League, Mr. Caden Bergman. Caden, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on again. It's always a good time. Yeah, it's great to have you back. Um, You know, it's been a while since we talked, almost a year since we last talked, and a lot of things have changed uh, in Wapassel and Hayward as a whole. Uh, Now the Hayward Wolfpack, you guys went through a rebrand uh before the season started uh very cool uh new logo new merch kind of just an overall new look for the club so talk to me a little bit about this how did the idea first come about about rebranding um Hayward Hayward United into something like Hayward Wolfpack when did you know you kind of wanted to change up the identity yeah sure so uh I guess originally we were part of our youth organization which is Hayward United Soccer Club Mm -hmm. um so when we started the team in Hayward, we decided to become uh, part of their organization to give them, you know, a pipeline for their kids uh, going upwards into the adult team. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we just found that we had some differences. Um, it was tough to get sponsorships because our team names were so similar. Um, you know, we added Wolfpack to ours, but, you know, we used similar logos. Uh, and then, you know, some of the different uh, small things, uh, it just, we decided that we needed to break away uh, and create our own thing while maintaining a, a healthy relationship with them. Um, so, yeah, so we, we did a lot of work. Um, <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. Uh, trying, trying to figure out uh, what, what, uh, what direction we wanted to go in. Um, but yeah, we started off with kind of uh, letting our team know. Uh, and then we had them involved in the whole creative process of, um, the rebrand, whether that had to do with what the new organization name was going to be, uh, what the new logo was going to look like, what our uniforms were going to look like. Uh, that was something that was really important to us was to keep everyone involved. 
Um, and we were excited with outcome. Yeah. I mean, it, it came out great. Talk to me a little bit about the process. So um, going in, I don't know if you had done any sort of rebranding or, or anything like that, as far as uh, you know, brand identity goes, but what was the process like in, in rebranding the, this club? How long did it take? What were some of the challenges you faced? Um, and ultimately kind of how, how satisfied were you with the, with the outcome? Sure. Yeah, it was, um, it's probably eight or nine month process. Uh, it all started off. Um, we formed a board um, and we kind of, it was all uh, players who were involved with the club. Um, so our starting, one of our starting center backs, our starting goalkeeper, and then our head coach uh, were the three original board members. And we just kind of went over like what we wanted out of this club. Um, you know, what kind of relationships we wanted to have, how we wanted people to perceive us, stuff like that. Um, when we were going over the original name, we weren't sure if we wanted to do a regional name or a city-based name. So we obviously decided to go with Hayward Wolfpack FC. Um, but there were some, you know, thoughts about maybe Northwoods, uh, including that in there to, you know, broaden uh, the the scope that we were trying to, to appeal to. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought about Namakagan. Uh, that's the river that goes through our town and actually span, spans all the way down to the St. Croix, oh, wow. um, which eventually goes into Mississippi. So we had some cool ideas with that. We created some uh, potential logos um, for the, for those different ideas. But uh, when we surveyed some of the players, all the players and then some of the community members, uh, we found that uh, Wolfpack was just kind of embedded in what in the adult team in Hayward. So, you know, when you say Wolfpack, people knew that you're talking about the adult soccer team there. So uh, we decided to keep that name. Um, and that's kind of how the name came to be uh, with the logo. Uh, our primary one was a lot of revision. We actually, um, we were very split. We had two logos we really, really liked. Um, and we ended up going with the one with the black wolf uh, on the cliff overlooking the, the trees. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, our secondary logo, I had a concept actually. <laughs> I was driving the car one day and just thought of this really crude, terrible looking sketch um, <laughs> of, a, of a dog head with an H and a W in it. And I sent it to my brother, who is a fantastic artist. And he threw, you know, all of the ideas I had together and made a nice, uh, he, he drew it out, a nice logo. And then we uh, hired um, uh, Harrison Law from Hibbing. He, he does a lot of work for Duluth FC. Fantastic guy, really easy to work with. Uh, if anyone's looking to rebrand, hit him up. He does a great job, but, um, but he threw everything together that we had and he made two really, really fantastic logos and two logos we're really proud of. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the branding looks great. Harrison obviously did an excellent job. Your brother, a big contributor to that. So that that's fantastic. Um, in terms of the public response, um, how nervous were you when you sort of unveiled this rebrand and, uh, you know, what was that response like in, in maybe comparison to your expectations? Yeah, I mean, I, we were we were really nervous about it. Um, we wanted to create something that was professional, something that appealed to the general audience. Um, I remember the the day that we released it, I took off work because I knew it was just going to be, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was going to be worrying about, how, you know, what the response was. I wanted to make sure that we were able to respond to people on social media and Twitter, all that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, when we posted and we posted a, a video. Um, that I created, you know, 
not much experience, but it had kind of the um, who's afraid of the big bad wolf uh, kind of fairy tale feel to it. I don't know if you remember yep. that video or not. Absolutely. But uh, when we sent that out, um, my brother thought it was so cheesy, but <laughs> I, I liked it a lot. And, it worked, man. Um, it did. It did. Yep. And we sent that out and it was kind of slow for the first hour, but I remember, you know, checking it every half hour at the start and it just it ended up taking off. We had a ton of impressions on Twitter, um, good amount of hits on Facebook. Uh, it was really awesome to see uh, the response from everyone. It, it made all the work and time that went into it 100% worth it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's obviously helped us to translate to success on the pitch as well, which is really exciting. Dude, I remember when we dropped the first episode of 10K and I, I posted it on Twitter and mm -hmm. I, I like, I told myself, I'm like, I'm just going to post it and I'm not going to check social media again till like <laughs> lunch or till like the end of the day. But I, right. I, I kid you not, man, every half hour, 45 minutes, I was like back on there scrolling, seeing I'm like, oh, who liked it? Who's clicked the link? Who's <laughs> well, like it's hard. It's really, really hard to sort of set that aside when it's such a big thing and it means so much to you. It is. It is. When you're passionate about something, you want to make sure that you're doing a good job, which obviously you do a fantastic job with the, with the pod as well. Thank you, man. Um, yeah, of course. Of course. Well, like, likewise with the, with the rebrand and obviously what's going on with Hayward on the field this season as well, very successful season. Uh, you guys are sort of living up to the, to the new name, the new logo, the new jerseys kind of uh, look good, feel good, play good, I guess. Cause you guys are at the top of the table in the Wapassal right now. You've clinched the division championship, which assures you a spot in the Wapassal championship game. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, Hayward has, you know, last year specifically coming into the season, seen as mainly a mid a mid table club in Wapassal so far. Uh, you guys have really taken that step. What has been the biggest sort of factor in that? And did you did you truly anticipate that you would take the step up into kind of that pole position in the league this year? Sure. I mean, yeah, we 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 had hoped to do better. Um, even last year, we brought in some guys who. Um, one of them was a D3 All-American. One of them uh, went to the national tournament uh, D1 at Western Illinois. But there was just some pieces that were missing. And when we created the new organization, we wanted to create a professional standard. So we ended up hiring a coach. Um, we have mandatory practices. Uh, we went out and got a bunch of sponsors. We announced at the games. Um, we have concessions at the game. So we wanted to create a more professional atmosphere that people Absolutely. would want to come to. And I think in turn that helped um, – solidify that our, our you know our club was was a real threat um we had a lot of interest we ended up having you know we we're a town of 2000 we had 45 people come out for tryouts this year which was fantastic we have a first team and a reserve team so uh, even those guys who didn't quite make the the 30-man roster they still get time the guys who aren't getting much time on the first team they're getting to play on the reserve so it's really fantastic um the, the way it's grown has been really cool to see um, and, you know, we're, we're competing with those, those big squads like Eau Claire, they're a town of 70,000. Mm -hmm. uh, Wasa is a little smaller, but it's still pretty big. So to be able to compete and even uh, beat those teams is, is really, really cool. It's really, it's really awesome. Yeah, I have, uh, to, to be honest, I have, you know, people who are maybe have just started clubs or looking to start clubs uh, reaching out to me, which I don't know why they're reaching out to me, but they're, they're like, hey, <laughs> have you seen common themes in like what makes a su successful club? Like, what can we do to be successful? And honestly, my first answer is like, take it seriously. Like, right. like treat this as, as, as a business, treat it as something that's professional, hold it to a certain standard. 
or um, set a standard and hold yourself to that. Because when you do that, you sort of force yourself to, to uh, operate at a certain level. When you operate at that level, um, you know, the, the quality all around quality is going to follow, whether it's the players that you sign or the, the performance that you see, the people that come out to the games at this level, it seems all that seems to go hand in hand. And it seems like you guys are experiencing just that this year. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's one of those things where you're going to learn as you go along. So, I mean, I, I started the club, I think I was eight, 18 when I started it. So I, I had no experience or anything like that. Um, but, you know, you got to seek out people who, who will help you. Like um, for me, Tim Sauce from Duluth, Duluth FC, their owner, he's helped me a ton with yeah. um, learning how to go through the process of things. So to all, the, all of you out there, congrats for starting a new club. That's fantastic. It's good to see growth. And, you know, find someone who will help you along the way um, and keep trucking. I mean, that's, that's, that's all you can do is keep moving forward and, you know, create that standard of professionalism. And um, another good thing is to have a board around you. It's, it's tough to do everything with one person. That was something that, you know, I had to deal with. And um, I now have a, a board of people who are helping me out. And that's, it's really good to, for one, have help and for two, to have different insights on what's going to be best for the club and best, you know, for the future moving forward. So, yeah, that, that's the that's the good thing about lower league soccer and specifically in our area in general. You don't have to look too far for that inspiration and for that sort of mentorship along the way if you are kind of in those early stages. I mean, you have teams like Minneapolis City, Duluth, as you mentioned, um, you know, who, who do things, you know, pretty much the right way and are willing to kind of offer their insight and kind of uh, help out and, you know, have like uh, when speaking of podcasts, the DeKalb County United podcast does a great job in terms of the business side of, of how to treat uh, your club and, and what you can do to maybe make things better um, on that end. So yeah, there are a ton of resources out there if you are starting a new club. So um, definitely hit up Caden or I, or if you want to go directly to the sources of like Duluth FC, Minneapolis city, um, you know, just other clubs in the area who are doing great things. Uh, definitely don't be afraid to reach out and have those conversations because it is really a community for sure. It is. Yep. Everyone wants everyone else to be successful, you know, mm-hmm. competitive on the field, but a community off community, you know, off of it basically is, is exactly even us in Bateau, we help each other off the field, you know, but yeah. on the field, it's a different story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you push each other on the field for sure. And we will get to that in a little bit, uh, but <laughs> What Passel has has it has had its fair share of challenges this season, Caden. Uh, so I want to touch on a, a few of those topics, including the first one being um, you had a couple teams have to exit the league this season. The first one being St. Croix Valley, most recently FC Minimo. If you kind of want to just give us the cliff notes here in terms of what happened and why why those teams are no longer in the league. Sure. Yeah. So um, the first team to drop out was St. Croix. Um, they did that about a week into the season. Uh, they actually had to postpone their game. Um, them and Minima both had to postpone, actually. Um, and just coming into the season, you know, they paid their dues and, and all that. But um, there's one guy who runs that, Matt Bryce, and he's very big in the in the youth scene there. Um, but he he had trouble getting getting enough guys to, to come. I think they had a 16 or 17 man roster. But then when it came time for payment and stuff like that to him, um, he just wasn't seeing the money. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. You know, running a club can be tough. You're, you know, managing a, a, a lot of players and trying to get everything right. Um, so 
he ended up having to uh, forego the 2021 season, and then he ended up folding the club, which was really unfortunate. It's a lot of good soccer down there. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully, you know, something will pop up there again. Um, but, yeah, that was, that was really unfortunate. They were always a really fun club to play. Um, you know, the first year they had Nils Gulbrandsson, who plays for Minneapolis City 2 now. He's been scoring goals with them. Um, really good player. Uh, and they were always just, just a fun team to play against. So that, that was really unfortunate. Um, but uh, – and then FC Mednemo, uh, they dropped out recently. They were actually removed from the league. Um, they had some payments due. Uh, you know, we got to pay for referees. We got to pay for, um, you know, website, all that kind of stuff that goes into managing a league. Um, and they weren't paying their dues for the second half of the season. Um, and then they ended up. So what basically happened was Bateau showed up for a game. Um, they didn't have a field lined and ready to go. Um, so they had, according to our league bylaws, they had to forfeit the game. They disagreed with this. Um, basically I told them that they signed a contract saying they had to abide by the bylaws. They didn't like it and said they didn't want to play anymore. Um, unless all the fees, including the season fees were forgiven. And so they were ultimately removed from the league, which is unfortunate. Um, mm-hmm. they're a Somalian American team, really nice guys, um, young leadership. So hopefully they can find their way. Um, but yeah, that, that was unfortunate too. They were, they were pretty competitive this year. So, yeah. um, so yeah, it's always it's always tough to lose teams, um, but at the same time you you got to maintain a, a a standard yeah um, for all yep. the teams to to respect. So that's that's something that you know as the league commissioner, it's something that's a really tough decision, but one that needs to be upheld. Yeah, you don't want to set a dangerous precedent. Sure that that some of the stuff can go uh, can can go without without some sort of I want to say punishment without some sort of accountability having to be be taken right. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, uh, very difficult, but obviously fair decisions across the board, uh, made by, you know, uh, made by you and the the leadership there in Wapassel. So, um, we'll see kind of, uh, what happens with, with FC Menemo specifically moving forward, um, next season, if they, if they want to come back or, um, what happens there. Cause like you said, they were a competitive team this season. They were, they were, and they were young, they were young. So, you know, they, they were an up and coming team and, um, you know, hopefully they can they can get everything in order and then they're welcome back uh, next year if they can get everything uh, situated. But, mm. um, yeah, wish them the best. So let's kind of backtrack a little bit and go to the preseason. Um, you know, you had some matchups in friendlies and in amateur cup play with uh, clubs in the UPSL, Midwest Premier League um, and, and other leagues. And those results, to be honest, were, were, were pretty lopsided and, and not in the favor of the teams in, in Wapassal for the most part. Um, what did you learn um, from a league standpoint? And have you heard maybe what some of the teams learned? Uh, and, and have been able to take away from those matchups early on and those results. Sure. Yeah. So um, obviously the two games that were played, um, I'll start with the first game was uh, Spartan FC, their first competitive match as a club ever. I think that they went into it, not really knowing what they were getting themselves into. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they traveled 11 guys down to uh, Dubuque to play uh, union Dubuque. Who's a, a solid UPSL team. Um and yeah, they, you know, it was thir- I think it was 13 or 14 to nothing, um, mm-hmm. just a shelling. Um, but I think they learned from that, um, just a, a tough re- result in general. Um, and then our Hayward team lost to FC Minneapolis. And 
what a fantastic run they had. It was oh awesome gosh. to see that. That was amazing to, to be part of and, and watch that up close. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. I mean, to go beat or to beat Bavarians at home, Bavarians, I mean, they're they're the cream of the crop here in Wisconsin. You know, all of us eight time national champs. Yeah, they're a fantastic organization. Um, so to see them pull out that win, um, we, you know, when we played them, we knew they were a decent team, but um, that was just that was just something I was I was not expecting at all. Mm-hmm. But I know you went and watched that game, didn't you? Uh, yes, I did. I was there for it, and that was it was just just to wa- kind of watch the match unfold in front of me was was very. I don't know. It was cool because, you know, the, it wasn't at a, at a stadium, at a football stadium with, you know, seating and things like that. Like it was at a kind of a uh, just this set of like turf fields. And basically we just had to kind of like sit around the field that people had lawn chairs. I sort of just sat on the side. So you did have a really up close sort of field level look at it. And it was just as the, as the match unfolded, they just saw them get stronger and stronger and stronger. And, you know, when they scored to go up three nil, I almost couldn't believe my eyes that this, this was actually happening, but it was such an impressive, such an impressive performance. Right. Yeah. And, and what a change they've had. I remember when I first came into, you know, the lower league soccer um, platform, I remember FC Minneapolis was under quite a bit of flack um early on for some of that uh stuff with the uganda national do you remember that at all yeah that's that's a crazy story um if, if you don't <laughs> know what we're talking story. about go to 551.com um and just search fc minneapolis in the search bar there just a crazy story um i may have to do some sort of documentary podcast on that specifically <laughs> uh in the future because yeah that's wild it is a wild one but i mean i remember you know, some of the teams were just like, oh, yeah, they're, you know, nothing to be taken seriously. You know, it's kind of a and they the the bounds they have taken in the last couple of years has been really cool to see. Um, Ian's a really nice guy. I don't know if you've met him at all, but a yep. uh, very soft spoken, but really nice guy. So. Um, but yeah, so we went and played them. Um, tough game. We were up one nothing through 25. We had a lot of the chances and stuff, but. We had, I think, just tryouts before that. I don't even think we'd had a practice. So um, bringing in some of the new faces, we were missing all of our college guys. um, And we were very, very out of shape. So uh, I think, you know, they they play year round. Um, You know, they're a team that's familiar with each other. So I think next year going into it, um, and this is something I spoke to with the teams uh, from our league who participated is to, maybe get some practices in beforehand. Mm -hmm. Um, It's tough for a lot of the teams without having any kind of turf facilities in their area. But um, I think that would help us to be a little more successful in the, in the tournament. Um, It's a fantastic tournament. We want to continue pushing our teams to be part of it. Absolutely. Um, But you know, it's important to also be competitive. um, And so to prepare properly is important, but, um, and then of course, Baron had to drop out due to um, some of the issues with Ramadan and Mm -hmm. uh, some player absences, I believe. So, um, but yeah, hopefully 2022 will go better. Yeah. And I think one of the things the to take away from that is, you know, don't get discouraged to the point where you're, you know, bowing out or opting out and, and not wanting to play in these types of tournaments, because it's, it's that kind of competition that is really going to help make you better moving forward. I mean, we've seen it with you guys, right. We've seen it with Hayward, like, right. yeah, the seven, one result wasn't exactly what, what you were hoping for there, but I'm sure there were some lessons that you were able to learn about your club and, and take moving forward into the Wapassel season. And now you find yourselves at the top of the table, 
you know, it's, it's a lot of it is a, is learning experience. And while the amateur cup is great in its own right to be part of and want to move forward in, it can sort of give you, give you that experience that you need and, and kind of uh, help propel you towards your league season as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and it gives you a good chance to, to push, you know, for our clubs to push themselves and play some of these UPSL teams. Cause you know, I know Eau Claire and our team, you know, we have a relationship with turbo sports. Eau Claire plays Granite city um, every year. So, you know, we have some relationships with these teams, but um, I think it's good to push yourself up to that level. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a really positive thing. And it, with that tournament, there's not too much travel, which is something good too. You don't have to go, you know, six, seven, eight hours to go play a decent team. You know, it gives you an opportunity to, to, to stay close. So exactly. Yeah. Something we definitely want to continue participating in. Two new additions to a this year. We've already kind of mentioned Spartan FC, um, Poskin Jets joining the league as well. Um, both teams getting a little bit more, uh, Poskin specifically getting a little bit more competitive as the season has gone on. Um, obviously big learning curve for Spartan, uh, you know, in this, in this first season. Um, have you talked to the, some of the ownership and, and some of the guys uh, involved in these clubs and kind of what are they saying about this initial year and kind of maybe some of the things they've been learning? Yeah, sure. So obviously, um, great additions. Uh, Zach Holcomb, he's a great guy. He's uh, the owner of Spartan FC. Um, they came in with, they have a pretty strong roster, but I don't think that they, uh, our, our league's a little different than some of the other leagues of our level. Um, there's a lot of travel involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and Spartan being one of those outliers, like our Hayward team, they're kind of the Southern outlier and we're the Northern one. Um, you know, you got to show up every game with a, with a full squad. You can't show up with, you know, 11 guys and expect to get a good result. Mm-hmm. Um, and then jumping into this level of play, um, it, you know, our, our league has definitely improved uh, in play. Our, our top two goal scorers from last year are playing for playing NPSL now. Um, so that, you know, they jumped up, um, which is really good to see people who are succeeding in our league go on to, to bigger things. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, they, they pulled out their first win uh, last week against Barron um, who didn't travel well. I think they traveled eight guys or seven guys. So that was a little disappointing to see, but um but yeah, it's it, it's good to see uh, Spartan come in. Uh, they came in with some Icarus kits, which is really cool. Um, nice. That's a really really cool uh, company. Um, yeah. And yeah, uh, he he runs it really well. He pulls a lot of guys um, who are in the Hispanic leagues in Arcadia, which is a small town outside of Lacrosse. Um, and then uh, Poskin Jets is run by two brothers um, from Barron, Cole and Connor Bates. Uh, both really nice guys. I played uh, high school soccer against Connor. Um, he plays uh, now at Finlandia University up in uh, Hancock, Michigan, but, um, they created a, a nonprofit, um, which was really good to see them solidifying that and creating an organization. Yeah. That's something that I'm pushing our clubs to do. Um, and they, they've come in with some talent. Uh, they struggled at the start, but, um, even last week, you know, they held us to two to one, um, our Hayward team. So it's, yeah. it's good to see them making some progress. They have a, a forward who's pretty dangerous, um, and a, and a really solid backline and goalkeeper. So, um, yeah, it's really good to see these teams coming in um, and, and you know, competing, you know, decently. That's always good to see. Uh, and we'll see if they can shake things up a little bit with uh, Lobos and uh, Bateau, the big game coming up. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they, they Those teams both have to play these new teams again uh, for a second time, and you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I could, could see uh, one of these teams play spoiler down the stretch. So be, yeah. That will be interesting to, uh, to watch. Um, 
season itself so far, uh, you know, at, at the top of the table has been exciting. Like I said, it's kind of a, a three horse race at this point. You guys have already kind of solidified your spot in the Wapasso championship. Um, Bo, uh, Lobos and Bateau, uh, we mentioned they play on Sunday, uh, 2 p.m. in Eau Claire. That's a huge one. That's kind of a rubber match. Uh, they've split so far this season and it won't, you know, the winner of that match won't necessarily clinch a spot in the championship game, but obviously getting, getting three points out of it will go a long way towards cementing that spot. Um, so what have you thought of the season itself so far? Um, obviously you've had some challenges, like, like we mentioned with, with a couple of teams having to bow out, but the top of the table has been really competitive. Just give me your overall thoughts and feelings on the 2021 with Paso season. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a really fun season. Um, You know, it's, Bateau is always a very, very solid team. Um, they, you know, they have a really good roster and they're one of those teams where, uh, you know, they pull off a player and the next guy they put on is just as good. They're, they're one of those really deep teams who travel really well. Um, so you always know you're going to uh, play uh, face a really, really tough team when you play Eau Claire. Um, and then Lobos has some of the more skilled guys in the league. Uh, they have a forward who has been ripping up. I think he has nine goals. That's four more than the, the next oh, wow. leading scorer. So, um, he, they just have some really skilled individual players. Um, so it's kind of cool to see, you know, the difference between those two teams and how they compete. Obviously, um, I know in the first game, Bateau came away with a two nothing win, but got outshot like 14 to six or something like that. So, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the, in this third game. I think that's going to be a really, really fun match to watch. Um, and, you know, our Hayward team's been, been playing well. We pulled out wins against Bateau and, uh, and uh, Lobos. We had that little bit of a blemish the first game of the year against Barron, who is always a very solid team. Um, mm-hmm. They've been struggling to find results this year, which is interesting to me. Um, but we play them twice this weekend, so it should be, should be good. But, but, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's been a really, really fun year. Um, there's been not too much uh, – difference in in the scoring um i know in previous years we'd had we've had like two or three guys really run away with the scoring Uh, and this year there's just the one guy and he scored i think four of his goals against spartan in like a 14 or 15 to nothing win so it's been a really even season this year um and i'm really excited to see what happens in that championship game um the highest seed will host that game um and i think that will factor into you know what kind of squads you'll see um, depending on, you know, how well the teams travel. Uh, if you see Bateau in that game, expect a, a, a really solid one, whether it's home or away. And then Lobos, they don't travel quite as well as, as Bateau. So that mm-hmm. that uh, home field advantage can really play a, a difference in who you might see as champion this year. Now, you mentioned you guys will be playing Barron uh, a couple times, uh, you know, coming up. Double headers have been a, a big part of Wapasal this season. It's something you don't really see in too many other leagues. Obviously, the um, you know the omissions and and the losing of a couple teams have have necessitated needing needing to have those double headers. Uh, talk to me a little bit about playing in a soccer double header, 180 <laughs> minutes. What is that like? What are you hearing from some of the players around the league about kind of uh, what that is like? What just physically, mentally. Give me just a rundown of, of what that experience is like playing a double header on a hot Sunday in, in Wisconsin during the summer. <laughs> well, first off, I'll say this was something that nobody wanted. Um, yeah. Not even me, who helps, who, you know, puts together the schedule. Um, when St. Croix dropped out, it was pretty much the only way to keep our schedule consistent. You know, we have to schedule refs and stuff like that. 
Mm -hmm. Um, We gave the teams uh, a window where they could switch their game from a doubleheader to maybe a Saturday game. But those Baron teams, a lot of their guys work on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. So um, we were unable to schedule something else. So I guess doubleheader, here we come. We already played one against Mid Nemo. Um, They're really tiring. It's really tiring. By the the second game, um, you're, you're already beat. And then it's just pretty much, you know, who's in the best condition and who mm. wants to try harder at that the point. The war of attrition about, at that point. Yeah, it's not even really about the skill level because it's just you, your legs are beat. Everyone's tired. And, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, whatever we can do next year to shy away from that, we will. Um, and, you know, as you saw, Lobos and uh, Eau Claire, they decided to schedule their doubleheader on a Saturday, which was definitely smart on their part. But, yeah. um yeah, it's very, very unusual. It's something that's really different, but, uh, you know, we had to be adaptive to uh, yeah. what was going on and respectful of um, the referee schedule and stuff like that. So, uh, so yeah, it was, it's something that is uh, very interesting this year. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we will never have to do again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I echo that. Uh, talking, you know, Ethan, uh, co-host of, of 10K, you know, plays for uh, – plays for Spartan. And he was talking to me a little bit about playing all 180 uh, last weekend and just kind of what that was like for him. He said he had, yep. uh, he had made a run down, down the field, sent a cross in and he kind of fell over. So he got <laughs> up and tried to run and his legs just like would not function. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, yep. And that's where having a bigger roster comes into play too. Yeah. You know, our, our Hayward team has 30 guys where, you know, Spartan, they don't have quite as many. So yeah. Um, you know, a stud like Ethan, <laughs> he might might need to play the full 90. Yeah. He's better of eating his Wheaties that morning. Exactly. Hey, he's young. He can do it. He, yeah. he, he can take it. Uh, <laughs> all right. So let's, let's talk about the future of the league here a little bit, Caden. Um, obviously, um, 2020 was the, the, you know, condensed season. You guys were still able to play, which is awesome. 2021 was kind of that return to kind of normalcy. Um uh, it's been really competitive, as we mentioned, which is great. Um, 2022, any anything, a- any new additions or new plans that maybe you want to put in place for 2022 for El Are you thinking that far ahead? Uh, kind of give me a little bit in terms of what you see in the near future for El Sure, yeah. So, um, obviously, we have a lot of things that are in the works right now. Um, something that we're looking into seriously is a second division. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's something that we'd like to do. Uh, some of the teams are planning to have reserve teams along with our Hayward team next year. So that'd be something good. Uh, give them a platform to play on. And then, um, as you saw with the two teams that came in, they, they've really struggled to compete this year. So mm-hmm. to maybe have a, a barrier between these teams who are, you know, more established have, you know, uh, squads that have good nucleus and chemistry, um, to create a little bit of a barrier and let those teams have a year or two in the bottom division until they pop up into the first division. I think that'd be something that we really would like to push for. So that's something that we'll be looking into. Um, and then obviously uh, expanding, um, you know, we're, we're always looking for uh, different markets to, to try and hit. Um, every year we probably have 12 teams reach out, um, you know, somewhere in there, but you know, with things like travel, player numbers, stuff like that, things just end up falling through. So if we can get some of those teams to solidify uh, and help them with the process of creating a, a sustainable team, um, that's something that we'd like to look into. Um, and the other big thing is uh, there's a 
pretty big ref shortage this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've heard of any problems down in the cities, but I know um, up in this area, especially, you know, we're really struggling for refs. So if we can find a way to, to get some new refs in the system, to get people involved, um, that's something that we're really going to be pushing for next year. Um, so I definitely keep an eye out for that. Okay. Um, yeah. And the, I, you know, just continuing to grow the league. Um, our league is one that is a little bit different. Um, we're trying to find our identity at this point. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we have some of the teams, you know, are, are able to push, uh, and, and have a professional look to them and a professional feel to them. Um, especially, you know, Eau Claire, Hayward, Lobos, Barron, those teams are really solid. Um, I think Poskin and Spartan definitely can be up in there. Um, as they progress um, but you know trying to find out um, you know what standard we want to be at you know do we create minimum facility standards um, you know does that alienate too many other communities stuff like that I mean it's, it's little stuff like that that we're trying to work our way through um, you know we're trying to find our identity and, and where we fit in this lower league um, discussion so yeah um, that's something that you know we're continuing to figure out <laughs> And the last two seasons have presented much different, uh, you know, unique challenges to Wapassel and only your second and third years in existence, Caden, but you guys have found ways to sort of adapt and push through and, and make things exciting. So I have no doubt that, uh, you know, any challenges that come your way or, or things or hurdles that you have to, you know, overcome, uh, you guys will definitely do because, uh, you know, last two seasons have been awesome despite some of those challenges. So I definitely look forward to see uh, what's in the future for Wapassel. Uh, moving forward. And as always, we'll, we'll cover it as best we can here on 10 K. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I always appreciate the coverage. You guys do a fantastic job of um, pushing content. So um, yeah, I mean, every, every week uh, when I'm working on, on Fridays, I listen to your podcast and wait for the Wapassel news that comes out that week. <laughs> we, we appreciate but, it, man. I mean, yeah. again, it's, it's just nice having, you know, consistent soccer to talk about. And as your league grows, you know, uh, I look forward to just kind of seeing, seeing what it can become because early on it's, it's been cool so far. So um, very yeah, much thanks. look forward, very much look forward to that. And as always, you know, I can't thank you enough for the time, Caden. Uh, you've come obviously a good friend of mine, good friend of the pod and uh, you know, definitely look forward to talking to you soon and having you on again. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it. It's been, been nice talking to you. Big thanks again to Wapassel president and also president of Hayward Wolfpack in the Wapassel. It's Caden Bergman. Uh, very happy to have him back on to talk about all things uh, Wisconsin primary amateur soccer league uh, this season. Really uh, thankful for his time. Uh, Ethan is back with me. Let's get into some college notes real quick. Uh, St. Thomas, their uh, men's squad has unveiled their inaugural division one preseason soccer schedule. Um, August 18th, they'll play uh, St. Cloud state at home. Uh, then they go to Wisconsin. Yes, the University of Wisconsin, the Badgers, on the 20th. And then August 23rd, they wrap up their pre- preseason slate at Notre Dame. So a few notable preseason matchups before they get started uh, with their regular season uh, schedule in Division One this fall for the Tommies. That's going to be exciting. Have another, uh, you know, the only men's D1 team in the state uh, getting started. Very, very cool. Very exciting. Uh, go, go Tommies. Go Tommies. I think uh, we're, we're pro Tommy. Yeah, absolutely. Pro Tommy podcast. Uh, so this weekend, uh, a big one for Med City, uh, also friends of the podcast. We're pro Med City as well. Uh, they kick off Med. their uh, NISA Independent Cup run. Yeah, so uh, NISA, the uh, third tier league um, in the uh, in the U.S. soccer system, professional league. 
Um, they launched an independent cup kind of uh, in lieu of the U.S. Open Cup this year. With that not happening, they wanted to put together a format where uh, some lower league teams could compete in this cup-based system. Um, and so the independent cup kicks off this weekend. And Med City is grouped with Union Dubuque, Milwaukee Torrent, and Chicago House AC of NISA. Um, their first match is against Union Dubuque at Rochester Regional Stadium on Sunday. That kicks off at 1.45 p.m. Uh, for tickets and info, just go to medcityfc.com. Also got to mention about Med City, um, the fundraiser, GoFundMe, for their goalkeeper, Gal Ilyashiv, is still going. Um, he was uh, injured pretty bad, uh, suffered some uh, facial uh, injuries, fractures, uh, against Sioux Falls Thunder on June 9th, there was a collision where he suffered a concussion, a split lip, and other fractures to his cheek and orbital bones. Um, the surgery for this, as you can imagine, is, is pretty uh, high cost. The cost is astronomical, to be honest. And being that he is an international student and he is here as an international player, um, he doesn't have health insurance here in America. So... Uh, he needs help, obviously, uh, to help pay for the surgery. Um, currently, there's a forty-five thousand dollar goal, twenty-nine thousand. Uh, as as at the time of recording, just over twenty-nine thousand dollars has been raised. Um, so thank you to anybody who's donated. If you have not donated, uh, go to GoFundMe.com and just search uh, Gal Ilyashiv, E L Y A S H I V, um, and you should be able to find the GoFundMe uh, for Gal. Um, and his uh, and his uh, the money he'll need for his uh, facial surgery. He's already had one surgery. He'll need at least one more, um, and that is where the uh, you know the high cost comes into play. So help out if you can. Um, somebody who who really really needs it in the uh, lower league soccer community. All right. So uh, the battle for the fourth and final playoff spot in the NPSL North does continue this weekend on Saturday. Joy. Athletic, Dakota Fusion, and Sioux Falls all kind of battling for that four spot right now. They are all in action. Joy takes on Minneapolis City at Ador Nelson Field, 6 p.m. kickoff there. Dakota Fusion hosts Duluth at Jim Gota Stadium in Moorhead for a 7 p.m. kickoff. And then Sioux Falls welcome LC Aris to McEnany Field at 7 p.m. as well. Um, so we'll see after this weekend, we'll see who uh, who stands where when it comes to that battle for that final playoff spot in the NPSL North. As we previously mentioned, Big Sunday in Wapassel, Batowan Lobos in Eau Claire. Um, that's at 2 p.m. Uh, over at the Eau Claire Soccer Park there. Also on Sunday, Hayward Wolfpack take on Barron in Barron at 2 p.m. And then 2 p.m. kicks off a doubleheader between Spartan FC and Poskin Jets there in Sparta. Uh, UPSL National Playoff round of 16 on the horizon for Minneapolis City 2, as we mentioned. And uh, also, as you mentioned, they'll take on the winner of this weekend's Iowa Raptors-Detroit United match. And then finally, wrapping things up, Ford Madison go to North Texas on Saturday, 8 p.m. kickoff. They are coming off a 1-0 win versus New England Revolution 2. That broke a five-game winless streak for the Mingos. And uh, Rob and I uh, broke that down on Talking Flock this week, which you can check out on any and all podcast feeds, uh, podcast platforms, I should say. And then obviously this coming Monday, we'll have your recap of that Ford Madison-North Texas match. And speaking of recaps, uh, Minnesota United, very disappointing 2-0 loss on Wednesday night at the hands of Colorado Rapids. Um, and But post-loons is really fun with myself and Grant from the Dummy Run podcast. We basically just make it, made it a therapy session, had a lot of great interaction from the loons faithful out there. So you can go back on our YouTube channel and watch that. Uh, just search 10,000 pitches or post-loons on YouTube to check out the video. If you'd rather listen to the podcast, 
that is up on the 10,000 pitches podcast feed. Ethan, that is really all I have. Any final thoughts from you, kind sir? Um, who you got tonight? Well, actually, just in general, Bucks Suns. What are, what are we feeling? I mean, it would be sacrilegious if I didn't go Bucks, right? So fair enough. Um, so you're all in on the Bucks, eh? I wouldn't say I'm all in, but oh, okay. I, I would I would pick them in the series. I think they're a, a valuable underdog in the series. Uh, so I don't know if I'd call them an underdog, but uh, but yeah, I think no, betting, I think I'm just saying betting wise. I think they are the underdog. oh betting wise they are. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna go with Bucks. I mean, uh, what's what's the deal with Giannis? Well, I, I mean, it's, it seems like he's back. Like he hyper okay. he, he hyperextended his knee, but he looked good in game one. Okay, he played in game one. I didn't see. That's how ah. it shows you how closely I'm paying attention to the NBA finals. Yeah, uh, no, he's back. So, you know, as he gets healthier, I think that obviously gives the Bucks a, a much better chance. And if he's fully healthy, I do think they're the better team. So uh, if, if he gets to that point, I expect them to win the series. If not, it's going to be tough. Do you know what the current series standing is? It's 1-0 one, one oh Phoenix. Okay, yeah, you got it. One oh yeah, Phoenix. Phoenix won game one. I know enough. I've... I know enough to know the scores. I just I okay, couldn't. Okay. I, I didn't know that Giannis was back for game one. Yeah, no, he played. And I thought okay. he looked good. I don't think like he looked, uh, you know, uh, labored by his um, mm-hmm. uh, hyperextended knee. Um, mm-hmm. I have no idea how like a hyperextension of something works. Like I don't think I want to know. No, it sounds it sounds uncomfortable, but like. Fair. It just doesn't seem like there's much you can do there. You know, it seems like, mm-hmm. like just hyper extent. Um, I yeah. don't know. I uh, great, great medical analysis, Ethan. Yeah, you know, just like because like it makes like it's it's a pretty you know simple term, right? You have extension, and then you have uh, hyper extension, which would just mean you know more than extension, right? Mm-hmm. So because it's hyper over um, over extension, if you will. An overextension, if you will. Um, I don't know. No, he's back though. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of want to say go Suns, but uh, you know, go Bucks too. I guess you're as okay. as a Wisconsinite and former Bucks season ticket holder. You're gonna say go Suns. Well, like th- this is the thing. Like I, uh, as also mentioned, I'm a I'm a Raptors fan, and yeah, growing up, the the Raptors were pretty were a good good squad, and the Bucks were not. So it was easy to be a fan of both. Mm-hmm. But then, like, you know, these two teams get good. And, you know, they, they meet in the playoffs a little bit. Conference and I, finals. Yeah, like the fi- – or no, they they met. They two both, years ago, they met in the conference finals, right? No, that was the semifinals. And uh, then okay. the Raptors beat Philly in the conference finals. Uh, um, okay. So, like when, like, when they're both good, you know, I, I, I don't want to call it a rivalry – because like you know, it's not like Lakers Celtics, but like there is like a mini rivalry there um, between the two, uh, you know, squads and fan bases. So I felt like I needed to pick a side. Like I, it felt disingenuous to to be in the middle, uh, and I, and I went with the Raptors um, for whatever reason. Uh, so that that's why that's where I, I feel torn. But um, but I I don't know. Also, Bucks fans are coming out of the woodworks. Well, yeah, uh, that's what happens when a team that, finally gets over the hump. You have team, you have you have uh, bandwagoners, front runners, whatever you want to call them. You know, yeah. I at the end of the day, I think like quote unquote bandwagon fans like it is a good thing 
because you know it, it, there's more energy, more it's, buzz. It's putting it, more eyes on right. the products and and like on the team. yeah, and it like it like brings people together and people are excited and so overall, I think quote unquote bandwagon fans are like a good thing, but it is funny like you know retrospectively like uh you know uh like my freshman year in high school being a season ticket holder and like i don't think one game like you know the only games that sold out were like against like the lakers or golden state um to to what it is now um it's been quite the turnaround uh and and kind of fun to you know see and be a part of but or to a degree but but anyways all right well on that note that was me talking about the I guess that's all right. I mean, we we get around yeah. to talking basketball on this podcast pretty much every episode, so we got we got to keep that tradition alive. Uh, uh, how about how about the the Stanley Cup Finals? Uh, yeah, Lightning back to back, huh? Okay, I'm gonna be honest. They oh yeah, they did win. They beat they clinched uh, I saw Wednesday that. night. Yeah, good for them, man. Yeah, back Just to back. because it was, it was the last uh, Stanley Cup Finals on uh, or it was the last NHL game I think in general that was going to be on NBC. So they did like a little like, you know, goodbye kind of like video at the end. Yeah, that's cool. cool. If you Google Stanley Cup finals right now and like you just go to like the Google landing page, they have like fireworks. It's cool. Um, Good for them. I I saw a thing that like the uh, that Tampa was like. Like 18 million over the like their roster was like 18 million over the salary cap, like. For the playoffs, because like someone got, I think they had a guy got hurt hurt for like the whole regular season, and they got like the injury exception thing, you yep. know, where, where you like get that money back or whatever. And then he came back for the playoffs. So like they were playing like with like a roster that was like eighteen thousand over the or eighteen eighteen thousand, yeah, eighteen thousand. Um, no, like eighteen million over the uh the salary cap, which I think equates just like one really good player. I, yeah, I think so. But well, yeah, no. that's interesting though. That's, but you know, hey, you you uh, I don't know, it's, you you play the system, you know, you play the cards you're dealt. You know, if every team can do it, then I guess I would call it fair. Uh, oh yeah, no, I'm I don't think it's unfair. I just yeah. I I you know just you know it happens, right? It's interesting. Um, but anyways, right. yeah, congrats, well, congrats, Tampa, congrats to all our Tampa listeners. Yeah, um, all of a sudden, Tampa's like title town now. Minus the Raptors when they were there, who were just atrocious. But <laughs> we, but I was, but anyways, yeah. Congrats, Tampa, and all our Tampa listeners, because I we're sure there's a lot of them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, maybe there are a few like Tampa Bay Rowdies fans who listen to this, who also are kind of a title team in their own right. They made the USL Championship title game last year, and they uh, that got canceled due to COVID. So they can claim their champions too. So between them, the Bucks, and the Lightning. And I guess the Rays are pretty good. I don't know. I don't follow baseball too much these days outside of my Cardinals. So I think I think they're like first in like the AL East or whatever they're in. All right. Well, maybe they'll maybe they'll get another uh, another championship under their belt. We'll see. But anyways, thank you so much for everybody uh, for listening and and watching through this. I guess not watching. We're watching each other on the stream, but listening through all of this. Uh, if you're still tuning in. Uh, we appreciate it. Thank you to Caden Bergman, uh, Wapassel, and Hayward Wolfpack president for coming on the show. Thank you to our good, good friends over at Stimulus Athletic for being great sponsors. And we will be back next Friday with another edition of 10K. Till then, see ya. Thank you very much for tuning in and have a good weekend.